Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. side of Summer Shake, Kentucky. Two guys were afraid that Free Willy is waiting for them in the pool. It's the KY Sports Guys. Hello again, everybody. It is the KY Sports Guys. Coach Jay Hurt with you today. Podcast 33, coming off a record-breaking Podcast 32, the all-time leading segment in the history, the long and illustrious history of the KY Sports Guys. Podcast 32, segment one, setting new records. And so now... Let's see what we can do this week, podcast number 33. Along with me, as always, the main man, Stock Tony. Stock Tony, how are we doing? Doing fine, Coach. I'll disagree. Maybe on one part, long and illustrious. You take, <laughs> you take one of those out, we will decide, let everybody decide which. <laughs> We've been both. doing this since March. I don't know. <laughs> We've so, almost made it, uh, what, eight, nine months? Yeah. Ten months? So, you know, that's We're pretty good. That. That's pretty that is good. Uh, lots of things to talk about. The podcast went swimmingly well, and no pun intended with the Free Willy intro there from our, our good friend Jordan DeWeese. That's a, you know, I wish that Jordan would quit playing on my fears. You know, he's always, he's already called me out for crying at the end of movies. You know, it's okay for men to be emotional. It's okay to, to show our emotions and cry. That's what we And always call me out because I do have a fear when I get in the pool. You know, I would like to not be eaten by a huge whale. Well, you know, um, normally the orcas are not that dangerous towards humans, but I have seen them kill gray white sharks on, on the Discovery Channel. There so, you go. They're bad dudes. Yeah. They could be the, the, the big dogs of the sea. Is that they, a mixed metaphor? I mean, I'm sure it is. And I also want to say that we have a large crowd here today, not trying to segue away from that brilliant comment, but to uh, say that speaking of fear, you know, the person who gets the most afraid during our What's Haunting segment is also with us again this week. This is three or four weeks in a row, and we're He's, glad to have him. Chapzilla. How are we doing, Chapzilla? Excellent. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for thanking us, by the way. Well, you got on me last week, so I decided I better thank you guys in advance. You're welcome thank anytime. You. you know that. Um, go ahead, Coach. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, Chabzilla, he was in the league there for a while. He was up there in the NBA range, and he's come back to the old CBA, and he's, he's joining us now. I think we've signed him for a year-long contract. It was 10 days now. It's a year long. He's like, uh, what was it, the Sioux City Falls whatever their name was, something ridiculous. I'm like the backup quarterback, Osweiler, and then finally coming in. <laughs> I heard uh, I heard Tyler Johnson of the Heat, he played for the D-League Lakers team, right, yeah. and I heard him interviewed, and, and he said that the Lakers D-League team plays in the practice gym. 
So it's like 200, <laughs> nice. 200 seats and it's the D-League. I mean, yeah, that's big time. And yeah. they probably don't fill all 200. Probably not. And maybe family or something. Chapzilla's going to start wearing a headband uh, like the old <laughs> ABA. He's going to look like Will Ferrell and some I love it. I love it. In fact, I think we might uh, call ourselves the Flint Tropics if we can, if he brings that in. I'm uh, for it. I also want to mention with us again, running the board, glad to have him back, Millennial Jim. How are we doing today? I'm doing great. Y'all stum- stomped all over the joke. I was going to say that I was trying to make the Flint Tropics. I usually try to say I'm trying to make the Washington Generals, but I think they've disbanded. The they Generals. did, and if you wow, read, and I actually wrote a post. That, yeah, I remember that No one now. read, I don't yeah. think. No, no one read that, but it was an ode to the Washington Generals, which makes me sad. There are a few memories in my life that are better than Jim McKay, Wide Wide World of Sports, and there's the Harlem Globetrotters and the Washington Generals. And uh, I think they won, like, in 1974, they won one contest by accident, threw in a three-pointer at the end. But nobody read that post, which is not the problem we're having. Let's talk a little numbers here real quick. It's not the problem we are having now. You talk about long and illustrious as far as the KY Sports guys. We're really starting to, to hit our groove here. We've got people reading our posts. I put up a post about an hour ago, and I know this yeah, is I a, that. A, a dated deal, so when people are listening to this, it'll be more than an hour ago. And, and just right off the bat, 27, 28 uh, wow. follows, I mean, just in, yeah. a, in an instant. So people are starting to catch on that you can go to the KYSportsGuys.com and get some really cool uh, things to read. You wrote a post today about Jeff Gordon, uh, and I don't know if we have him on the show. but We just don't. We've got to talk about that. Yeah, we should. We absolutely should. Because Jeff Gordon, to me, was the... He was the new guy. He was the guy that was uh, uh, the up-and-comer that was taking the spot of the people that I really liked way back in the day. And now, as time the old guy, he's the old guy. So we're young still. Yeah, absolutely. So, And you had a nice poll up on Twitter so people could vote whether they were rooting for or against Jeff Gordon. But uh, a lot of people listening, a lot of people reading, a lot of people going to the website. We urge you to continue to do that. Uh, well over 200-plus Twitter followers, people following us on Facebook as well. So the KY Sports guys... Healthy, doing well. That's right. We also have uh, to do our analysis today, and just to sit on the show when he's not checking on the grill, because he's kind of man on the grill, is J.P. Critter, and his girlfriend Kristen is here with us. First time uh, viewing a taping. She is starstruck, I could tell, right off the bat. Uh, she did not know it was this glamorous. She's what? so interested. She's already pulled out her phone and is keeping us updated on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And Chris and I have to tell you, when you do that and zone out, they will chastise you over that. They're going <laughs> to call you out by name. They did that to me last week and made me feel really bad towards Mop. I, I was listening to Mop <laughs> as I was over there. If you listened last week, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but Kristen, welcome. You are uh, uh, joining Elite Company here uh, as people that get to sit in on this, uh, this crazy thing we call the KY Sports Guys podcast. So We've talked about the numbers. We've talked about how much fun we're having, but we have not talked about really what is the, the most important thing yeah. of the week, and I hope this is the right imaging. And now it's time to find out the most important thing of the week, what's on the grill. And it was the right imaging. We actually have a sponsorship for this. We want to make sure we're getting our sponsors this week. Go ahead, Millennial Jim. Hi, I'd like to say that what's on the grill is brought to you by Hawkins Farms. Contact Harvey and Lynn Hawkins at Hawkins Farms. Your produce custom lime hauling, hay rolling, bale wrapping, and greenhouse plants. That's Harvey and Lynn Hawkins at 270-432-5632. Your sponsor for what's on the grill. All right, and we have uh, many different things on the grill today. We have a ham. That uh, Coach Hurt brought in. It's uh, one of those slice spiral cuts. We had that once before, I think Chapzilla brought in. J.P. Critter brought in a couple of pork chops and a special treat uh, that is going to be a KY Sports Guys, probably exclusive. J.P. Critter and I are always looking to try something just totally different. He's actually 
brought in a pumpkin pie that was cooked already, but we've got it on the grill smoking a little bit now. We're going to see how that turns out. It may be the greatest thing ever, and it may be the not greatest thing ever. Well, now I think my Vikings may be also what's on the grill because Teddy Bridgewater just went out, and the defense is about to let Green Bay score again. So if you wonder why I'm extra quiet today, I will be sulking. Yeah, Jim, Jim will be he, he'll be totally disoriented and out of it today and out to no see. No one's going to miss me, though. So. Well, and I was going to say, how is that different from every day? Well, that's what, how is that? The only <laughs> thing different, he was early just, today. Yeah, you just pretty much uh, <laughs> saw thought I was worried. In, <laughs> yeah. in a nutshell there. That's, that was Millennial Jim. And, and uh, Megaphony, if you're listening, we're just kidding. We're he, just kidding. He yeah. make it funny more than anybody. He was early today because the Vikings were on. He wanted to hurry up and get there and make sure he could see all that. And he's watching right now as Aaron Rodgers is getting ready to put one in the end zone, I think. Um, we will do what's on the grill. I'm getting ready to take the Periscope in just a moment. But before I do that, we got some more imaging because we're going to talk about UK football. And Jim was at the game yesterday. I'm sure he's going to share some insight to that. But there's a little something extra to talk about with that. Uncover your ears now, yes. How could you hear that, though, if you had your ears covered? Um, Jim was at the game yesterday, but I think he was one of the few folks in the state who was. What's haunting UK attendance as Teddy Bridgewater, by the way, just ran back out of the end, uh, of the locker room, and the Packers just got a touchdown? No, it's a hold. It's going to be a hold. Coming back, yeah. Coming All right. Uh, what's haunting UK's football attendance as I take the Periscope, and I may hand my mic off to J.P. Critter if he's got a minute. All right, I guess I'll open up. I think it's the fact that the SEC has kind of pigeonholed them in scheduling. They've made everyone who's got a rival, so Kentucky, South Carolina, um, LSU, I think, um, Florida, because they've got Florida State, but everyone who's got a major in-state or near-state rival has to play them on the last week of the season, which is why the Kentucky-Louisville game's at noon. So I think you're just kind of left with a bad position. What's haunting the attendance, too, is that because of TV, the game was played at 7.30 in November which is, you know, we're the most northern SEC school, which kind of puts puts the screws on you there. How do you expect a lot of people out there? It snowed during the game, all right? We were, <clears throat> it was a miserable condition. The only upside was that I got to sit, you know, in the fifth row behind the U.K. sideline. J.P., welcome, by the way. Do you have anything to say about U.K. attendance? Because U.K. took a beating yesterday on Twitter as far as, I mean, UofL fans were all over it. A lot of people were over it. I mean, they announced the attendance at 56,000-something. I don't think there were 6,000. In the sand. By the time it was over, there weren't 600, and that's counting the players. So, uh, anything to say on that one? I think it's just hard to get up for a game this late in the season when you schedule Charlotte. You know, it's just not. You know, that's one of the, they're one of the worst teams in college football. It's just kind of hard to get up for a <clears throat> for a game that you know that you're going to kill somebody. I mean, it's great that UK won. They showed a, you know they were dominant, but. It's just hard to get up, and for me, two hours away, it's just hard for me to go two hours to see them yeah. play such a crappy team. And not just a crappy team, but the way the season has gone for UK as well, and the conditions, we all thought, even I thought, and you guys know I'm not a UK fan, I thought they would be a lot better than what they have been. And just the culminating factors of, of being Charlotte, the weather, and, and, and even 
just down the stretch of how UK's been playing, I think made it to where not too many people wanted to go watch the game. Yeah, and Troy Brody one says on the Periscope weather, so he's talking about weather, so he's listening a little bit, I think, through the somehow, but he mentions weather as well. I don't know if he's asking weather on the Periscope, because that'd be cool if he was listening all the way down here. I'm not sure if that was actually physically possible, what I just said, but he did say weather, so I was pumped about that. I think that was your biggest factor. Look, uh, UK fans didn't show up when Joker was on the downhill slide, and they were making a statement. They were saying, we don't want any more of this. We need to move on. This time, I think there is a little bit of angst, which I think led to our big numbers last week. We spent most of segment one griping about UK football. But I do think most people still want Mark Stoops to succeed. I don't think people are boycotting the Mark Stoops era. I think it's just a horrible opponent in 10-degree weather. And it wasn't just bad weather. Wind all over the place. And so, you know, here's the other question that I have. Maybe I'm wrong because I love sports. Are we starting in our economy in general to start? Because you see some attendance numbers across the board. There's some NBA teams struggling to draw. There's some NFL teams struggling to draw. Are people starting to figure out there are better ways to use what money I have than going and sitting in a parking lot for eight hours watching a college football game? Maybe, but I think you've got a couple things we've touched on. I think if you move this game to noon or 1.30 when the weather was still 55, 65 degrees in the area, that you're going to get 10, 15,000 more people there. There were more than 6,000 people. I, was, I would say it was probably about 15,000, 20,000. Uh, they had 56,000 tickets sold. So, you know, you can say that maybe people are spending their money, but they, that's 56,000 tickets that were paid for. So, yeah, it looks bad on TV, but I don't know if it's necessarily hitting their pocketbook yet for UK or any other school. But I think, you're, I think we are at a tipping point in the market where, should you spend the money? Should you go? Because we've got everybody's got seventy-inch TVs at home, and that's and that's a thing. What if we all got together and watched the game? We'd have just as much fun as we were as if we were at the stadium, mm-hmm. and we get to get up and go whenever we please, and not have to fight people to go to the restroom, concession stand, mm-hmm. and what have you. It'd be just as good to watch in front of a seventy-inch TV. Yeah, the viewing experience is such. Plus. People get together. I mean, you can ride over to somebody's house. they got a big screen TV. So you get the social impact, if that's what you want, just by hanging out with your buddies. And a lot of times that's better than sitting in Section 32, Row 215, behind the guy that's drunk over your shoulder that's yelling, run the ball or something. Uh, So, you know, there's a lot of things involved in that. Still, I think it'll be a packed house against Louisville. Uh, I missed the discussion back from Periscope. Way to go. Um, Yeah. Um, Thanks for your input. We really man. missed yeah. you, let me tell you. <laughs> All right. Well, on to the next topic then. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure what you said, but, but the question was what's hot in attendance. I know people on Periscope were definitely saying weather for one. I think Troy Brody. Yeah, I mentioned him already. So oh, he right, was cool. talking about that. That's great. I didn't know how he could hear us from the top down. It's amazing. Pose it out. That was great. Yeah, yeah. It's, he's, he's, he's got great ears. Uh, I don't know if, um, you know, what else we all saw, but he was also asking a question about, about something we need to talk about. But, the weather definitely. I heard Chapzilla talking about just, and you're all talking about the experience. You know, all these a lot of NFL stadiums are going to the, you know, to the extremes. I saw Jacksonville the other night with the pool. Uh, I think Miami was planning on putting couches or recliners down in the lower section. That is getting way extreme. I know Wi-Fi is a big thing getting stadium Wi-Fi. Uh, so I don't. I feel like I'm coming into this discussion. So we far should high. open up a can on or for that whole deal because they already in baseball have places where you can go swim in or whatever. And I think that stuff's a little over the top. Well, who was it that went swimming in the? Was it the Cardinal? No, was it the Diamondbacks went swimming? Diamondbacks. In the yeah. yeah. Uh, well, here's my thing: crazy. is the fact that ticket prices are still insane. 
I got an email from sorry, a text message from UK because I hold I hold season tickets that we can get cheap tickets for sixty dollars in like the upper corner section. All right, and while that's a good deal for UK, it's like Alabama. They'd be like six hundred dollars for upper corner section deal. Um, that's still a lot of money if you if you were buying four of those. Plus, you know, you're taking your kids, you're getting a popcorn, a hot dogs. I mean, those price those things start to add up versus watching your living room. Can I can I also add that the competition for viewing and entertainment dollar was extensive last night because not only was UK Charlotte on like SEC alternate, but the Hornets Nest Pickers were also at Froggett's I sixty five South. And I mean, my goodness! So if you had the choice between going and listening to that and watching that and going to UK football, Charlotte out in the weather, what? Who's not going to go? Watch the Hornets Nest Pickers. Climate controlled entertainment <laughs> at, at a reasonable price. All right. How can you beat that? Eight bucks, Just baby. Just UK centric question for you guys. If UK had beaten Vandy and the game, the Charlotte game was to clinch a bowl. How much different is attendance? I don't think a lot because I think everybody would just count that as a win anyway. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'd want to be there for the celebration. I, I think a few. But as somebody, and I'm not sure who, I think it was Mo pointed out, it's going to be a big crowd next week. Yeah. Not just because of the bowl, but that's going to add that extra emphasis. It's going to be pretty amazing what's going to be going on next week up there. So, I, I, in my opinion, I, I don't see it being that big of a difference. Maybe a few. What do you think, JP? I totally disagree with you there. Oh, good. Because, uh, I mean. <laughs> As you should. I totally agree with <laughs> you. We beat Vandy. We, we beat Except Vandy. opposite. We go, we have five wins, you know. And then the Charlotte game, we'd clinch a bowl. Six wins. I think that would have been something the fans would want to celebrate in Commonwealth Stadium. And I think it would have probably at least doubled the people that were at the game at least doubled it, if not more. In, in better weather, I agree. I think the weather still was the key. Uh, but I, I, I still think in better weather, maybe, but not in that weather. I don't see How it. sad is it? Let, I want to switch gears a little bit from attendance. How sad is it? Because I think you're right, JP, 100%. Les Miles is about to get canned you know, at LSU wow. for going 8-4 and four or whatever it is. And JP's basic hypothesis, which is an accurate one, is that if that had been for six wins, the place would have been just rocking up. I mean, how how low are our expectations when two and six in the league and four cupcake W's that really weren't cupcake are enough to get us excited about whatever whatever it is we're excited about? I think that's one of your issues. Not that our expectations matter a whole lot as far as what's going on on the field. But, man, we have pretty low expectations. I think the weather was factor number one. You know, here's my other thing. Freddie Maggard, who I have a lot of respect for, a really good quarterback in UK history, he's doing some stuff for KSR now where he's analyzing the game. He was uh, almost effusive over uh, the play and the running, and JoJo had a big game and so forth and so on. We do realize it was Charlotte, and I'm not saying that negatively, but we do realize that that game, they say confidence booster. Look, that's like UK beating uh, Transy. And walking out feeling like, boy, that's just what we needed. No, that that doesn't do anything for me. Running against Charlotte has nothing to do with anything. I, I disagree with you there. I think you do hey, need all it. this disagreement, by the way, I love it. Gosh. You do need it. All we right. open up a can on or yeah. four. <laughs> Coach Hart and I get slammed today. All right. But no, I think you do need it. You do need to show that the offense is working. All right, the O-line opened up big holes, and you could see our speed guys. Yeah, it's Charlotte. It's not a good team. All right. But you do want to feel better that you can do things right. And you got to start the Drew Barker era off on a win. He got to go out in brutal elements. 
All right, and just kind of get used to more and more game reps, which is going to help him against Louisville, who's not exactly coming in and setting the world on fire either after getting destroyed by Pitt. It's like JP said earlier, though. They're, Charlotte's one of the worst teams in the country. How can you be so confident when you're going into playing them? I mean, but you did what you won. There's only two outcomes in when you play a team like that. You can either be miserable because you didn't win, you lost, or you didn't play well enough, or you can be. Feel good because you beat them like you should. We well, beat them fifty-eight to ten. It, it's the old, it's the same old thing. Is why is LeBron not in the dunk contest? Because if he wins, he was supposed to win. If he loses, my God, LeBron lost the dunk contest. There was not. Jim's right on that. But okay, let's change it up a little bit. Charlotte goes to Richmond last night and plays Eastern, who Kentucky had to struggle and get lucky to beat. How does that turn out? The opponent was Eastern's better, I think, than Charlotte. But the opponents are similarly based. We have to be excited, I think, at this point for any kind of victory. I mean, it's a good win to build on to hopefully, you know, have a good game against Louisville and hopefully get that sixth win and get in a bowl game. It is pitiful that we're hoping to to get six games, to win just six games, you know, go six and six and get to a bowl game. But we are Kentucky fans. We're not fair-weather fans like most people Oh, that's are. true. Okay, well, hear about this. If you're LSU – and in basketball, you're excited to go to the NCAA tournament. If we're Kentucky and we're threatening to fire Calipari in a couple of years, if he's not, if he's just barely making the NCAA tournament, then you see it. That's how expectations work. You just have to know where your program's at. It's not to say if LSU goes to the tournament ten years in a row in basketball, then they're going to win Final Fours and championships. It takes a while to get there. I'll say this. It did what it was supposed to do on the schedule heading into the year. We thought that's a game where young guys are going to get to play. So we got to see Barker play. We got to see King play at running back and have some success. Some young guys got to play. I think ideally going in, though, you're sitting there at 7-3 and three and you're playing your younger kids, and that's what the game was scheduled for. Everybody puts those games on their schedule, no matter the sport, just to let the young guys play. The problem is you come in at 4-6 and six and all of a sudden it's a must-win kind of game. I just don't see where beating Charlotte 58-10, to 10, yeah, that's better than going to overtime or losing, I guess. I mean, it's not like South Carolina losing to the Citadel, so I guess there's some positives. But I just don't see where it makes a huge difference. I don't think it's going to have any impact at all because those gashing holes that they were able to put together, it's not going to happen against Louisville. Isn't that the ideal situation to go into Louisville, though, is you're feeling better? You've got to play a lot of younger guys the entire second half. you got to at least play around, you know, see what this guy can do. I guess, I guess the thought is that going into Louisville, you're really going to see the medal of, of the Drew Barker and of the offensive line who's opened up those holes. Can they do it against that? And a not-quality opponent, but a, but a, a similar opponent. So can you, can you feel any worse than Patrick Tolles right now, who I like, by the way. I just want to go on the record as saying I'm a Patrick Tolles fan. I think he's a stand-up guy, and I think he's got a good arm, and I think he's a much better quarterback than what the people around him let him look like. So I get to go through the gauntlet of Mississippi State, Tennessee, so forth and so on. We get to Charlotte, and now it's like, oh, let's let Drew Barker play. Well, no kidding. Patrick Tolles would have thrown first. And Pat, uh, Drew Barker, by the way, threw three passes in the second half. Yeah, Three. if you were there, though, I'm telling you, I watched, so I watched Drew Barker, and that's what I wanted to talk about because I was there. I watched Drew Barker and Patrick throw the ball around, you know, warming up and stuff. And Drew Barker's got a quicker and better release. And I've been a Patrick Tolles guy for the whole season. But listen, Patrick got us down. We got to the one with three times against Van. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Andy and didn't come away with points. All right. So that's why he lost the job. That's why Drew Barker's playing against Charlotte instead of Patrick. Not sure that's all on him. As I said in my post, get uh, let him snap it to him and get two guys behind him and push him into the end zone. Three times, it'll work one of those three times, or four times. Try it all four times. I don't think that's on him, those passes and stuff. I don't I don't see that being on him as much as you're giving credit for. The thing I have to say is, and, and, and we've coached, and we've played games where it's been a no contest one way or the other. Sure. And For me, a lot of times, the other, by the way. But, uh, I, was going there, <laughs> I was going that route, too. Been there. But in most cases, we can take more out of a loss than we can – a, a game where we're going to blow out an opponent because we're superior, better than them. How do you really know if you need to work on anything because at every spot, you're better? I think this is going back to the piece you wrote today, which is, as you said, got great traction. And we'll talk about Cal later. But you said Cal the mastermind. Oh, let's talk about Cal now. Anytime is a great time to talk about sure. Cal. But uh, the Cal being the mastermind of taking a team, taking a game just such as this against Wright State and spinning it doing being that spin doctor that he is, selling it as, hey, we've got a lot of stuff to work on here. Yeah, I think that's where it is. And I, I want to go back to this. If Drew Barker's the answer, I'm all for him. I don't care who quarterbacks. I don't care if Chap Zilla's the quarterback. I just want Kentucky to win. Yes, I don't do. care. He's got eligibility. I'm telling you, though, when I watch <laughs> Drew Barker, it's a quicker release. It's a better release. He keeps his eyes down the field longer. He's not trying to make the home run play. He had a couple times when there was nothing, and he threw it away, which Patrick was notorious for not doing. That's also against a Charlotte pass rush as opposed Again, to yeah, I would, I would, I would or an Alabama but he's pass, still, pass he's rush. Straight, but, he's, but Patrick, against everybody, he had, he had his chance against EKU. We should have blown the doors off Eastern, all right? And he didn't do it. He made a lot of fundamental mistakes. Heck, I watched Patrick on a screenplay throw it into a lineman, all right? Drew Barker realized there wasn't a screenplay there, threw it right to his player's feet, which is what he should do in that situation. I don't doubt your analysis, and I think it's good. You were in the park. I, I think your eyes are very good. At the same time, I do think it's important to to note, as Stock Tony just did, that anything you see against Charlotte is still against Charlotte. And, but I'm saying you had Patrick Tolles had his chances against Louisiana. And, and, I, would, and, and I would also Kentucky. say that they won both those games. He came back, and uh, they were down, and, and he made plays. And I think uh, without Tolles, I don't know that they beat Eastern. I think Eastern was up 20-something points. And a lot of that was on the defense that night. The defense was getting shredded. That tight end for Eastern was just killing them. Uh, you know, it, the, the point is, at quarterback, you just take a lot of stuff that's not necessarily on you. You go to the goal line. Who's calling those plays? You're sitting there at the one with a 6'4", 230-pound yeah. quarterback. Push quarterback sneak three times in a row, and you, you I win. I don't disagree there because we laid the hammer to Shannon Dawson last week. But I think here's, I think, what the big question is going to be. All right, UK win or lose. If UK beats Louisville, I think Shannon Dawson holds on to his job. If they don't, I don't see him as the offensive coordinator here next year. Go ahead. The danger you run there, and I don't, whether he's good, bad, or indifferent, is you had uh, Neil Brown for two years – Shannon Dawson for one year, you come back with a different guy next year, all of a sudden you're Bill Curry. That that was the death of Bill Curry. Bill Curry's a good football coach, guys. But he had Tommy Bowden one year, then he had Elliott Uzelak the next year, then he had another coordinator the next year. He could never settle on a style of play. So every year you're starting from scratch. As bad as I think Dawson has been, 
I don't care what happens against Louisville. I hope he comes back just for the continuity of it. The rare Elliot Uzelak. Gotta love Elliot Uzelak, man. Um, that, that's going to be a seamless uh, stock Tony segue into what uh, Troy Brody was asking. We have a segment on Elliot Uzelak? No, that, that was awesome. just it right there. I think that's more <laughs> mentioned than he's had over the airwaves in 20 years. Uh, Elliot Uzelak. Um, Troy Brody was asking, what will Shannon Dawson do this week? And I think that once Shannon Dawson finds out, he'll be the first to know because I'm not sure that anybody knows exactly what's going on. I saw. That I think you'd responded with run. I think we've got to let our running backs uh, and see if we can create those holes against Louisville, as I said, and open it up. We cannot put it all on Drew Barker right here. I know he looked good yesterday, yeah. uh, or pretty good, and I know that we have high hopes. But, man, that's a lot of pressure. You're looking at this bowl game. You're looking at a, a similar opponent and a lot of pressure to be putting on your uh, freshman quarterback. That's what killed tolls. I mean, the run game. We didn't have one. I think and receivers dropping I still think everything you're, you threw to them, too. Well, the run game, yeah, it's because the offensive line is young and still has a long way to go. But I think your best players in order are Boom Williams, Garrett Johnson, maybe Dorian Baker or JoJo Kim. And that's what it's going to come down to is making that, putting those guys in position to make plays. Parker, Tolls, whatever. Those guys have to make the plays around the offensive line, which is just – it is, I hate this saying. It is what it is. It's one of the worst things in the world. But – why is it that our one, and I don't want to start picking at people, but I seem to do every week, why is it our one experienced offensive lineman is always the one who makes all the mistakes? Yes, and that's the issue. I'm, I'm okay with the younger guys struggling. I saw it for the guys a freshman, which shows you how bad our offensive line had to be to play a freshman. Yeah, you should have juniors and seniors which, in there. I mean, maybe credit to him that he's good enough to, but Jordan Swindle is it's just brutal at times. And when Charlotte was able to get pressure, and you know, you'd have 90 whatever offensive snaps, they're going to get pressure every now and again. Sure. Even if they're playing Alabama. Um, he's, the, he's the side that the blitz has come on because that, where else would you bring the pressure if you're scouting against this? So. Okay. Um, UK talk exhausted for a week in football, or are we, uh, anybody got anything else? Yeah, let's move on. All right. Um, as we move on, I want to keep it. In the football realm, there was so much going on in college football yesterday. I want to keep in the football realm and ask you all a question. Time to open up a can on or open up a can for. All right, and our oldest bit. We are opening up a can on or for something in particular, but we have some uh, sponsorship for this too. If Jim can read my handwriting, if not, I will chime in. Well, I might open a can on your handwriting. but I, I Definitely. That would be, uh, you would not be the first person to do that. But it's Bertram & Sons Asphalt Sealing, your, your sponsor of Open Up a Can On or For. They do driveways and uh, parking Bu- lots. Business parking lots. Business parking lots. That says Bush's parking lots. <laughs> they do George W. Bush's parking lots. They do business baked beans. If you want to see them, they're at the White House next week getting President Obama's parking lot. Um, but their number, all right, to contact Mr. Bertram and his sons, who uh, works with me at uh, Metcalf County in my department. No, that's not his son. That's his. That's his uh, nephew. Oh, his nephew. Yeah. I mean, it's all family. It's all Just family. read the card. Six oh six. Quit, quit going out of the. Quit going away from the copy, Jim. The copy's there for you. I can't you. read the it's copy. For your benefit. I can't read the copy. It's six zero six six eight eight four six three one. Once again, get your ass full sealed. Six zero six six eight eight four six three one. All right, and don't. Can anybody hold in here? Don't let that. Uh, don't let that six zero six number scare you. They'll come all the way at least to Glasgow, maybe farther. Just call and ask for Bart, telling them that KY Sports guy sent you. Please. Please do. Um, well, uh, as we open up a can on or four, we saw yesterday Notre Dame-Boston College in, in the battle 
by the way, that Chapzilla was probably, his heart was probably not prepared for, and I'm sure he's going to speak of it. But they played in uh, Fenway Park, which is not made for football. We've done this in Wrigley Field and, and I'm sure various other locations, Yankee Stadiums. So so are we, we're opening up a can of honor for these non-traditional football stadiums being used for football stadiums. Why don't we let our for football games? Who wants to go first on this? Yeah, I'm going to open up a can. Shocker here. Uh, Four. What? Four. I'm shocked. I love it. I think it is the best thing going. I, I lo- even Wrigley Field, they were short in the end zone. They had, had to, to make turn backwards. Yeah, they had to. They had to do something where the end zone was like only eight yards deep or something. But I think it's awesome. It's throwback. They used to play football games in these places all the time. They were multi-purpose stadiums. That's what they did. And I like it in other sports as well. I'll be short here. But I love, even more than this, which I love, but even more than this, I love the hockey outdoors oh, thing. Yeah. That's the I best thing going, too. They've had them in PNC Park. They've had them in various places. I think it's the coolest thing. You get that uh, old-school hockey out there with the snow falling. I don't even like hockey that much, but it's a lot of fun in the outdoors. And it looks like something that the KY Sports guys, we could all, I'd go out in the snow and play that. I'd lace up the skates and try to get it done. So I am opening up a can for maybe for the first time in 33 podcasts. That is more shocking than uh, Chapzilla probably sitting sitting last night watching the, the game and being shocked that it was that close. I was shocked that it was that close. But thank goodness, thank goodness, I wasn't, I didn't have any doubt only because Boston College's offense is horrible. Terrible. It's terrible. I think they're having quarterback trials. But on the other side of the ball, Notre Dame was going against the, the best defense in the country. But beside that, I'm opening up a can forward as well. Wow. I love those venues. The only the only drawback is when you're playing in a baseball stadium, you don't get as many people there. Tickets are hard to come by. More expensive because I looked online at some of oh, those. Really? I did. Oh, you were on to go to Boston? Me and a buddy of mine, big Irish fans, and uh, we looked wow. at some things. That would have been cool. It would have been cool. Uh, but uh, the uh, the ticket prices, there were some like standing room only for over $200. Old Boston Garden of Strict Views <laughs> with the rats and stuff. But, but I like it. You got both teams on the same sideline, you old got school. old school. Uh, you, it's just it's just a neat venue, especially in a building like Fenway or Wrigley or Yankee Stadium. Okay, Jim, uh, you being at a newly renovated stadium made for football last night, how do you feel about this? Being the millennial that you are, I'm kicking the can down the road here. I don't have an opinion. All right. Um, oh, you're so, you're here to have an opinion. I mean, but I, I'm okay with it. But Notre Dame Boston College doesn't doesn't do it for me. If it's a big game... But UK Charlotte did. Yeah. I mean, if you, listen, he stood out the goal for UK Charlotte. I'm saying, like, if UK Charlotte was played in Memphis, that's a terrible idea. But, I mean, if it's a, if it's a big opponent, if it were Ohio State, Michigan State, when both are good and they're playing in Chicago, I'm cool with it. It's just kind of a, who are they playing? Who are they playing? Well, it is Boston College played in Boston. But they don't have any fans. I mean, Boston College's fan base is like the size of this room. So well, it's kind of like that. And, and, only, and also, it was actually a home game for Notre Dame. Do you think it's like uh, the old the old move that uh, that you know schools have where, where we have little ignite four or five times a week to get more people to come out? Uh, I don't know if that was a trade secret or not, but um, <laughs> but that doesn't happen. Uh, Boston College is only getting that kind of uh, you know money. The attendance probably, as Jim said, because they're pretty bad. If they have Notre Dame in. So let's really create a marketplace for these hyper-priced tickets, as you speak of, 
uh, putting it in Fenway Park and giving it nostalgia. I mean, I like the idea of doing these things. I just think it's kind of a like case-by-case basis, I think, for me. But I think what I heard last night, too, since it was Notre Dame's home game, take, you know. Which is strange. It was. But Boston College has only allowed 5,000 tickets based on the ACC. So they only had 5,000 people. The rest of them were Notre Dame fans. And I bet a lot of those got sold to Notre Dame fans, by the way. That's probably the ones we were looking at on eBay. Probably. I'd be interested to know what a Notre Dame season ticket holder would think of it because it probably took a home game away from from them. Do they not get that ticket somehow then? I'm not sure on that. I'm sure they probably had some type. Of yeah. chance to get them. That's a long trip to make from South Bend to Boston, but if you're a Notre Dame season ticket holder, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming Notre Dame, you know, UK basketball travels so well. I'm assuming Notre Dame football travels really well, too. They could have a game in Antarctica and people would go watch Which it. is where they're having uh, our bowl game if we if we <laughs> True that. True that. JP, you open up a can on or for non traditional stadiums being used for football games. I definitely like it. I mean, just. Me thinking about a, the from the players' aspect, how cool would it be to score a touchdown in Fenway Park? You know, uh, you know, I, I just how awesome would it be to score a touchdown or do something or get to just play in a historic venue like that? Uh, and I'm opening up a can for as well. A couple of reasons why. Anytime you can do anything in Fenway Park, uh, I would love to have. We would do the show next week there if they can get us up there. So just that, just throwing that out there, Fenway Park, if you want us up there. But uh, here's the other thing. Coach Hart and I and Chapzilla grew up in a time period in the 70s, 80s, when aesthetics were sensibly pulled out of stadiums. You had Riverfront Stadium, not very pleasing. You had Kansas City that had the fountains. That was about it there. That was the best. Yeah. yeah. All the stadiums were three rivers. Three rivers. Yeah. They were ugly. They were industrial. They were Eastern European. Veteran Stadium in Philadelphia. With they the, all with looked the, the ripped same. up AstroTurf. And then I think. You know, the harkening back to the old days of Wrigley and stuff where you had your individual things. Then all of a sudden, like in the what, late 80s, early 90s, Camden Yards comes along. I think it was the first one to really do something different. And Coach Hart, I know, I'm thinking of a degree, especially as an English guy. You know, the aesthetics of things matter to me. And it was it's really just cool to see that any kind of pretty park, in my opinion, being used for, for – um, more than it, you know, for more than it's there for, I guess. Yeah, and I think we all opened up a can for. Although I think the argument against it, which many people made, I know a lot of UK basketball season ticket holders who are not happy, uh, not with the team. They like the team, but with the fact that you used to get an Indiana, you used to get two or three reasonably decent games. All those games have moved to the Meadowlands. They've moved to Brooklyn. They've Chicago. moved to Chicago. They've moved this this kind of deal. So. Eventually, a Notre Dame football fan is going to get a little irritated because wasn't it uh, Boston College and Notre Dame that played in Ireland? Not too many. Yeah, years they did. Ago. I remember that. Uh, a couple years ago, I think. Ireland. Yeah. So, great idea. I love it. You know, the Fighting Irish. You're playing in Ireland. It's a great idea. Eventually, the actual season ticket holder in South Bend is going to be a little irritated. However, with UK, with Notre Dame football, with a couple of other products, maybe you could think of. Their fan base is so universal that you just about have to take the product to the people. And I think that's what they're doing. So, But any game, I, I agree with JP 100%. Can you imagine if you, if you scored a touchdown, if you recovered a fumble, and you said, where was it? And you told your kid years from now, I was in Yankee Stadium. Well, yeah, and you mentioned the hockey games outside, which I think some traditionalists don't like because snow 
piles up on the, on the ice and, you know, makes skating slower and slows down the game. To me, I actually need to slow down a little bit because I can never follow the puck. I'm the one guy who liked that blue thing Fox did 20 years ago. <laughs> Uh, it was horrible. Yeah, it was, but I still it helped me out. The, the thing, and, and it's in Stockton you're talking about. Yeah, I can't see. We got we got our basket. We got our basketball coaches here, especially. Do you, what about this uh, thing they're doing with the like the aircraft carriers? That is a little different, correct? So that's a little over the top. I'm not sure. That's you know, I almost I, feel I, it had a novel appearance to me, like when they first did it, and now it's kind of I'm I've kind of one. I think the neutral site games they're doing it because they're trying to prepare their teams for the NCAA tournament. And that's what they're going to play in. So I understand that. That makes logistical sense. But playing in the carrier, so they played one game overseas in like Japan last year. It's kind of it was cool for us. So now I'm like, okay, everybody. Does I it. do. The only thing I like about the aircraft carrier, it's just an odd place to have a game. I do like the idea that they're trying to take Americana to the military men and women who are out there serving. Like so there's there's the plus to that. And at the end of the day, it's what the Globetrotters did so well was they went out and. They'd play anywhere, anytime. Didn't matter. All the way to Gilligan's Island. All the way to Gilligan's Island if they had to. And beat those robots. You know, exactly. exactly. Throw Gilligan right through the hoop for the game winner, <laughs> which is a play I'd like to draw up. I'd like to pick somebody up and throw them through the hoop. <laughs> I think all of these things are good. Even on a smaller scale, I would love to get uh, a game. I don't know if it would be possible, but whenever the old gym reopens, I would love to have throwback uniforms and maybe get an old rival, get a Barron County, get a Glasgow, get a Monroe. And get over there in the old gym and play with the old where you're underneath the basket. Do it around Christmas time. Because if you ever played at Metcalf County, and I'm a T-Bell guy, uh, that Christmas tree in the corner was like my favorite. Oh, yeah. yeah. They always had that big Christmas tree. Uh, I would love to go and do those kind of things. And of course, us three, remember, where both benches were underneath That's, right, yeah, right in front of the stage right next where you, to you had to run halfway around the gym just to check in. Yeah, yeah. so as a coach, you had to be prepared yes. or waving at somebody, hey, get this Or up. be loud as Kevin Stallings. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, when you go watch a game at Vanderbilt, it's a cool experience. Chapman's bald as Kevin Stallings. I've, <laughs> I've watched two games at Vanderbilt, and I mean, it's neat watching guys get lost, go to check in and stuff. I mean, it's it's unique. I yeah, think, it's it's, yeah, defi- yeah. it's a definite home field advantage. I mean, I coaches just don't know how to coach at Vanderbilt. And Cal, I think, was a little confused at the game that I went and watched. You can't control your kids like you do when you're on the sidelines. You have to trust them on one end of the floor to do what they're supposed to do, which is really the way it ought to be anyway. I think coaches ought to hush at least a little bit. Kids ought to know how to play. Instead, every single possession, it is – a marshalling of this person and that person. And the only time you can basically get what you want on the offensive end is when it goes when the other team scores and you can say something to your guard, but right. then once he's halfway down the floor, you're not going to be able to tell him anything. Well, hey, as the game's gotten younger, all right, because it has, that's gotten harder and harder on coaches because they have to coach more. I mean, you don't have a, you don't have senior point guards. You can go out there and do nice your trust. Uh, to that effect, and I mentioned this to you, I like the new rule. Coaches not allowed to call timeouts in college anymore. I, I dig that because I, I'm tired of the players trying to play and a, a timeout being called, and I, I see some heads shaking no. But. I agree with that. I don't like that rule. Let the players call timeout. I want to throw one out there, though, that uh, bit a player of mine uh, just this week. I have a girl playing D3 at Earlham College. They were playing Kenyon College in a championship game, whatever. They scored with 6.3 seconds left to take the lead. Kenyon calls timeout. Because of the new rule, they get to take it at half court. They run a nice little inbounds play, run a kid off a curl to a three. She buries it. They win the game. My argument is we play 39.54 seconds or whatever it is, 39 minutes, 54 seconds, where the rule is you got to take it 94 feet. Why now? 
Why now? I think it makes the game more interesting, definitely. It doesn't for Erlem. Erlem lost, and they didn't deserve to lose. I I can't stand it. They should have been able to go full court pressure and and make them dribble the ball up the floor, and then if you make a 50-footer, so be it. But you shouldn't just get a free 60 feet for nothing. But what what do you remember about basketball games? Like like the biggest plays that you remember are buzzer beaters, and that rule definitely makes more of that happen. I remember every play. I mean, I go back and think this this basket we missed in the second quarter cost us just as much as the final play. And here's where I'm going to disagree with you, although I appreciate what you're saying. I think that's a fan perspective for sure. You know, my argument with that is it's a contrived thrill then. I mean, it's a contrived throw. It would be the same as saying, okay, if you have a timeout left in football and you're down six points, call the timeout, and instead of a kickoff, we'll let you have it at the 35 of the other teams. That that would be a horrible rule. But we want to make it exciting. We want more Hail Marys. We want more last-second field goals. So let's just move the darn thing. You don't do that. You kick off. You catch it. you got to drive it 80 yards. You played 60 minutes to decide who the winner was. You shouldn't have some sort of contrived ending in the last six seconds. I do think the coach should be able to call a timeout because if you can get a technical as a coach, I feel like you should be able to have that control of where you can call the timeout and not just the players. Why add another thing to the players? I'd like the coaches to be able to call timeouts. Okay, and, and the contrived anything, by the way, just a little plug for me, Friday's post, check it out, some NFL, um, I guess, amendments that I wanted to make. Of course, it's a satire if you if you get that. You got, uh, okay, uh, let's move on now. We want to do really quick Middlesboro update because – I was sitting this morning as I got up watching some Bundesliga soccer. And I was, we were talking about the cold in, in Lexington last night, the snow in the Bundesliga between two teams who play in the Bundesliga. I don't know. Uh, thought it was interesting. So what's going on with Middlesbrough? Middlesbrough is sitting at third place, just right. outside the top two protected right. spots we really want. All right, but they're only two points down, meaning if they win and Brighton or whole city were to lose – then Middlesbrough would be in the top three spots as this marathon of a season continues to roll on. But they're still right where you want to be. Clearly, they've established themselves as one of the top teams in the uh, championship division. So, I mean, good things are headed Middlesbrough's way. All right. I think last season just ended, by the way. Um, <laughs> so start Come back again. segment two because we got to talk about uh, UK had a pretty big game this week in the other sport, basketball. We'd like to talk about that. The KY Sports Guys, the KY Sports Guys.com. <laughs> 